Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. My name is Harriet Blevins, and I'm so happy you're here today. As always, I want to thank you for your time. I know there are a million other things you could be doing, so I appreciate your willingness to join me today. I want our time together to always feel like we are mid-conversation with one another. We are, we are currently talking about in our podcasting about the issues of transition and change. If you missed the opening episode on this, you can always go back and give that a listen. I want to begin today with a statement. Change is easy, but transition is hard. Now, what do I mean by that? Life is constantly changing. Our biggest takeaway last episode was that Each transition in our lives must be managed in order for us to succeed. We have to manage ourselves during the time of transition or we may derail it in a very toxic way. Transition begins with an ending and it ends with a new beginning. Before you can begin something new, you have to end what used to be. Before learning a new way of doing things, you have to unlearn the old way. Before you can become a different kind of person, you must let go of your old identity. Beginnings depend on endings. Your beginning will depend on your last ending. The problem is we don't like endings. Our biblical example for this is the Israelites on their journey out of Egypt and into the promised land. They had a desire to go back. Why is that? And we, we all know the answer to that because of the familiarity. Sometimes the devil we know is better than the devil we don't. Loss. Loss is part of transition and change. That is not a fun topic, but it is necessary for us to understand in this phase. There's a quote by Anatoly France, who is a French writer, and it says, all changes Even the most longed for have their melancholy, for what we leave behind is part of ourselves. We must die to one life before we can enter into another. Last week, we talked about the um, scientific phenomenon called metamorphosis, which means to change shape, to go from immature to mature. That butterfly has to die to one life before it can fully enter into its new life. We are going to talk a lot about that in the last week of this series. All change requires transition, and all transition requires loss of some kind. I'm going to give you right now seven kinds of losses that people may feel during transition. Number one may be your identity. For example, are you married? If you just got married, you have just left behind your old last name if you're a woman or maybe you didn't, but most people do. Are you going through a retirement where you just left your, you know, lifelong career behind? That's like part of your identity. Number two, your turf, 
you're changing from one environment to another, such as leaving high school and going off to college. Number three, your structure. Now, this could represent a change in financial or other types of responsibilities. Also, it could even mean a change in routine. Number four, control. I mentioned in the last episode, becoming empty nesters. That's a type of losing control. Number five, the future. Things change and nothing, nothing ever stays the same. Number six, your attachments. Now, this could be to people, to social settings and standings. It could be to friendships and relationships. Number seven, meaning or purpose. This could point back to empty nesting or retirement or becoming a stay-at-home mom and leaving the workforce. Moving to the next chapter means having to turn the page. For example, with our first baby, if you're a mom and you know when you have that first baby, it is so amazing, but it also comes with loss. Now, what do I mean by that? Because it seems like it's an addition that we're not losing anything. Well, let's look back at our areas we just talked about, your turf. Yes, what used to just be a house all to yourself and your spouse, now every room is filled with baby stuff. Um, Every vacation you go on, you packing the car, all baby stuff. What about your structure? All of a sudden, you may not get a full straight eight hours of sleep at night. Control, you don't even have that when you eat, when you just very first have a baby. Your identity, now you have a new name, mom. You're home more, you can't travel quite as easily, and you have a loss of flexibility. What about the future? Now it's all about the kids and their futures, not necessarily yours. Your attachments, you might have some friends that don't have kids yet, and you will not see them as much anymore. It's harder to get together because of children's schedules and the schedules of having an infant who needs sleep and rest. What about meaning and purpose? Now our lives are all about this child. And then the kicker is they grow up and leave. Ugh, it is just crazy. But this is a very good practical example. You could use it with many things. Some change, some changes you choose and some change happens to you. So if we took a look at the Israelites, I'm going to give you some passages that you can uh, take a note of and later go read this when you have a minute. Uh, read Exodus 15:22 and go down through uh, Exodus 16:35. Here you will begin to see the faith building experience of Israel take place. They were about to learn that the Lord would give them not only the water that they drank, but the very food that they would eat daily. Were they in a transition? Most definitely. Are the seven steps of losses here? Absolutely. Their identity? Yes, they went from being slaves for 430 years to being free overnight. Their turf? Yes, now they were walking through the wilderness. They are no longer in Egypt. Their structure? Now they're responsible to Moses, not to their taskmasters. Control? Yes, they had no control even over what they ate or how much. The future? This absolutely changed, but it took 40 years to get there. What about their attachments? Yes, their attachments changed because of who was now leading them. Meaning and purpose? Did their purpose change? Yes, it did. Now they are being called God's chosen people. They now have a new destiny. 
As we look at their story today, it is so easy to only see the promised land part and wonder why they couldn't get their act together. Why in the world did it take them 40 years? Some of us may wonder, how long is our personal transition going to take? I believe the greater the loss, the harder the transition. One example could be moving. Moving is physically hard. It can even feel like a loss of sorts, depending on the situation. This can be a hard transition, especially if you're a person who doesn't enjoy change. I have a close friend who experienced something like this just a few years ago. I remember sitting in my car in the grocery store parking lot and I got a call and she told me over the phone that that day she had been to the doctor's office and they had told her that her entire body was poisoned with mold, that she must have mold inside of her home in order for this to happen. When she got home that day, she began to search everywhere. She called her husband at work and he was in unbelief that this could even have happened. And eventually that day, she called me to come over and to look inside one of her closets and the entire ceiling of that closet was covered in black mold. She had been wearing clothes that were moldy. She had, And the sicker she got, the more she stayed home, the more she stayed in the house that was full of mold. They lost everything. They lost every piece of furniture, every bit of rugs, every drape, every baby book, uh, every everything that you can imagine that mold can seep into. That They lost everything. It was awful. I mean, it was quite the transition, and it was a shock. And on top of that, she was also sick. Can you imagine that? I mean, maybe something like that has happened to you, you know, and so, yes, you can imagine it. But if not, that is hard. It is a hard, hard thing. It was very hard to watch our friends have to walk through losing that. They lost their home. They lost everything. It is over for the most part for them, uh, but not fully. She is still working on some health issues, and this has been several years ago. So still other transitions in other people's lives are even harder. I have another friend who lost her little boy at the age of five. There had been no prior sickness, nothing. Just one day he was here, and the next day he was gone. This change and transition happened to her. This is not something she chose And she would do anything to reverse it. Sometimes this happens in life and the loss is enormous. The loss is actually unspeakable. We must come to terms with loss just like she did. Number one, how do we deal with it? We ask ourselves, what am I losing in this change? Which one of those seven things that I mentioned, what am I losing Number two, ask yourself, how am I going to respond to this? Am I going to restore it and get it back? Or am I going to try to replace it, etc.? It's a critical point, And you must find a way to ceremonialize it. The end. Change is huge and you cannot belittle it. You need to mark it. Don't just skip it like it didn't happen because that only creates cycles of brokenness in your life later on. Celebrate it and put an end to it and call it over. Some seasons we just need to let go. So today we are ending with this. People need closure. God made us that way. Even the Israelites needed it. Transition involves dealing with loss. Now now that's even in positive situations. It also involves choosing your response to it 
And lastly, it involves ceremonializing it. This week, I want you to stop and think back to endings that you may not have dealt with. Take a moment and write them down. Give them to the Lord and allow him to journey you through it, just like he did the Israelites. There's a promised land that he's wanting to take you to, even if the loss is unspeakable. There is a new day and new life on the other side of it. We read about the manna that God provided, and he provided it every single day. That's no different than what we need now. We need Jesus every day. John 6, 32 through 35 says, Jesus therefore said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. So as you can see there, Jesus is the bread of life. He is the one that came down out of heaven and has given life to the world. In every transition, he really is truly all that we need. That is not just a talking point. That is actually truth. And I want to pray over each of you today because some of you may be in situations where you're truly experiencing hard and painful loss uh, through transitions and change. And I know the Lord wants to meet us there in that place. Dear Father, we thank you that we don't have to journey change and transition alone, that you are with us always, even to the end of the age. Thank you for bringing us a fresh and a new day after our losses. We surrender to you any endings that we may not have dealt with, and we ask you to help us journey through it. Anything you've done before, Lord, we know that you can do it again. Thank you for your great love and your care for us. We love you, Lord, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, today's tip, some of you are going to like and some of you are not, and that's okay. But the tip of the day is move. Notice I didn't say the dreaded word exercise, but that's actually what I mean. Everyone needs movement, and there is a great temptation as we get older to get more and more sedentary. There used to be a commercial on TV about a health supplement, and the announcer would say something like this, a body in motion stays in motion, but a body at rest stays at rest. I have found this to be true. Now, I'm not talking about you becoming a marathon runner or a triathlete. You can do that if you have the time to train and the desire. But if you're like most of us, just getting daily movement is great. As an older woman now, I try to move every day. I shoot for 10,000 steps, and I usually hit that about three to four days a week. I also go to the gym, and I lift as heavy weights as I can possibly bear. As we age, we begin to lose vital muscle. Muscle protects us against injury. I personally want to ward off osteoporosis and any type of diabetes that may be lurking. Daily movement helps regulate blood sugar, and it is a wonderful tool for your digestion. I try to move a little bit even after each meal. Okay, I know that probably wasn't your favorite tip, but that's all I have for today. I appreciate you joining me on the Sisterhood & Co. podcast, and I hope to be with you again soon. Go make your life awesome. Awesome.